0: Space, time, reality. Everyone has their concepts of these, but um, are they actually true? What if I told you that all those terms, all those concepts, are about as fluid as water? This anthology series contains stories that flow between them like a wandering river. Between the mind, the body, and the soul. Boldly influenced by the powers that were, the powers that are, and the powers that will be. This is Dark Charm Presents.
1: It was early autumn, in the year 1978, and Kayla Jones sat alone in an almost empty viewing room in a funeral parlor in Bel Air, Maryland. The room itself was made to comfort people, but all it did was made Kayla feel worse. She hated the floral arrangements, and she hated the wallpaper that looked like a lush forest. It was as fake as the people running the parlor, she thought. Her black dress didn't seem to convey the true nature of her soul at the moment, but that didn't seem to matter at this point. To be honest, it wasn't black enough. It couldn't mirror what she was feeling in the pit of her soul. What mattered was why she was there at the funeral parlor in the first place. Laying in the casket before her was her one true love. The one person that she felt could really understand her and she could understand him. Now he's gone and for the dumbest reason too. Killa didn't want to look in the coffin. She hadn't seen him at all since the incident. It was just too much for her at the moment so she just sat there. David's family, a bunch of wasps, accused her of using him for his money and then disposing of him. Sadly, the real reason they hated her was because David decided to date a black girl. The other people in the room, the ones who didn't leave it because of the animosity toward Kayla, sat in prayer or solemn contemplation. Kayla felt the presence of someone coming toward her. She looked up to see a white man whom she had never met walk into the viewing room. His hands were in his coat pockets, and he had a kind face. It must have been someone that knew David from work, Kayla thought. The gentleman perused the room and sat down in the front row of a couple of chairs away from Kayla. He had to have been in his late thirties with dark brown, almost black hair, slicked back, a pale complexion, and piercing blue eyes. He wore all black, but that was to be expected at a funeral. Kayla noticed that he was looking at the casket for what seemed forever. Kayla finally came up with the courage to speak to him.
2: Thank you for coming. He
1: turned toward Kayla and smiled. His smile brightened the room. It's the least I could do. By the way, I love your hair. She smiled. It took forever for her to straighten it for the funeral. It was the hairstyle that David loved the most on her, so she wanted to make sure that it was just how he would have wanted it.
2: Uh, Thank you. I I worked hard on it. For
3: someone as popular as David was, you would have thought there would be more people here.
2: That would be because of me.
3: Hmm. Pardon me. Sure.
2: Many of those people who loved him, many of those people that care for him deeply, all feel that because I was the reason he's no longer here.
1: The man leaned back into the uncomfortable chair. Why do they think this way?
2: It's, it's because I killed him. I'm sorry, sir. I'm pouring my heart out to you, and I don't even know your name. I I didn't get it.
1: The man put out his hand to shake hers. I am Azrael. She was puzzled as she shook his hand. It was warm and comforting, but the gleam in his eye was unusual.
2: I'm Kayla. I was David's fiancé. Azrael, that's that's a unique name.
3: Oh, I know. And thank you. My father gave it to me. But to be honest, it's no more different than any other names from the Bible. Daniel, David, Michael, Noah, they all have biblical roots. Now, how did these people think you
1: killed David?
2: It was just a prank. I didn't think this prank would kill him.
1: He tried to understand where she was coming from.
2: And the prankers. How well did you know David? The man
1: sat there and thought as he turned his attention back toward the casket.
3: I didn't know him too well. And at least not until recently. But I had to come see him off.
2: See him off?
3: Yes. See him off to the great beyond. That was a
1: great way of putting death. This was a new journey for David, and he was setting off to the unknown. Kayla was an agnostic, unlike all of David's Baptist family. That was another thing that set her apart from them besides her skin color. She didn't know if there was a god, and at this point in her life, she didn't care. Talking to Azriel was so comforting that she started to divulge more information than she originally thought proper.
2: He played the prank where he had shut off the hot water in our apartment. I told him that I would get him back for that, so I grabbed some spanish fly and-
3: Mm Mm-hmm. And?
2: Well, I put it in one of his beers after he had come home from work, and I waited. I thought that the raging boner the poor guy would have gotten from the pill, it would have just been a small prank that led to a bunch of wild sex, but- (laughs) He was violently allergic to the spanish fly!
1: Violently allergic?
2: Yes! He went into an anaphylactic shock within minutes!
1: Asriel looked back at the casket. He squinted his piercing blue eyes. And this allergic reaction... ...was what they thought killed him? Yes! Azrael put his arms around Kayla as she cried into his shoulder. Kayla sobbed into his shoulders, his while continually. His family continuing. said that
2: I was garbage and that I should have known that he was allergic to the main ingredient. But how was I supposed to know? We never used it before. I mean, it's Spanish fly, for Christ's sake. No,
3: oh, I'm very sorry. That's pretty intense. How did they expect you to know that... He was allergic, if he didn't even know himself.
1: She was about to answer until the people that were so distressed, Kayla decided to come back into the viewing room and sat down in their seats. If their eyes were laser beams, they would have borne holes into her body. She never felt shittier in her entire life, as they made sure that they stayed away from her as if she had the black plague. The funeral director, an overweight middle aged white man, with a snowy white goatee, came up to the podium.
0: Friends, loved ones, we're gathered here today to celebrate the life of David
1: Michael Payne. Without warning, Azriel stood up and looked around the viewing room. Excuse me, sir, but we are starting. Azriel turned his gaze to the funeral director, and an icy cold stare came from him. The director froze in his tracks as his already white skin flustered. Azriel walked over to the casket. The young man was inside, lying peacefully. Some of David's family started to protest Azriel doing what he was doing. Kayla noticed that he touched the inner part of his neck and felt all the way down his body. Kayla looked bewildered. What are you doing? He stopped at his belly area and turned to her.
3: Hmm. Was he diabetic, Kayla? Uh,
2: no, I don't think so.
1: An older woman in the back of the room piped up.
2: To get your ass in that seat.
1: He looked back at her with the same icy stare and no one else chimed in. They were all too afraid. While this was crazy to Kayla, it was comforting for her to see David's family finally silenced.
3: Did he take any drugs? Such as heroin?
2: Hell no! I would have dumped hmm. him immediately!
3: He smiled and leaned into her ear. Your prank is not how he died. But someone wanted you to think that huh if you pull up his shirt you'll see a puncture mark that was made by a syringe that
1: is how he died another older woman in the congregation finally spoke in an indignant tone i'm david's mother what's this all about don't let that damn floozy near my boy no more kayla stood up and pulled up the shirt from the pants to reveal david's bare skin there was a puncture hole that had nothing to do with the embalming process Asriel walked over to his mother, but asked Kayla. Was there
3: an autopsy done?
2: No, we never
1: got one done.
3: We knew what killed him. It was her. Listen, we wouldn't want to cheapen David's memory by fighting on this solemn day. I
2: blew it up your ass. You already did that when you walked in the fucking door. This place ain't cheap, buddy. You prey on the sorrow of people who come in here and just make a buck. You cost me an arm and a leg to get a fucking coffin. Thank God we got family in a mausoleum.
1: A commotion came from everyone in the congregation as Azrael just stood there staring at her. A man next to her stood up. He was dressed in a black suit coat, a pair of black jeans, and a button-down gray shirt. His gray hair was darker than his gray handlebar mustache. Is there something I can help you with, sir? Or are you just going to stare at my wife? Kayla had to give credit to Azrael for not punching him out immediately. He stared into the man's eyes and smiled.
3: You don't know how lucky
1: you actually are, sir. He stepped back and headed toward the front of the room once more. Kayla walked up to him before he sat down.
2: What does this mean?
1: He turned to her as his crystal blue eyes seemed to pierce her soul. Do you trust me? It was unnerving and that was something she didn't expect to hear. She didn't know if she should trust him or not but at the moment, he seemed to be the only one fighting for her. Her voice cracked as she said,
2: Yes, yes I do.
1: I already know the truth. The funeral director, seeing as the commotion had died down, started the funeral. Kayla saw the stalwart man watch over her, and she took his hand in gratitude. After the service, Kayla got into her car and followed her beloved man's hearse down the street to the graveyard that they were going to bury him in. She stayed close enough to the casket, but not anywhere near the family as the reverend performed his ritual. Conspicuous by his absence was Azrael. Kayla looked around for him, but he wasn't there. It was a shame, as she was growing fond of the strange man. It also seemed that without the presence of Azrael there with her, David's family got bolder in their passive aggression. She got every glare and every sneer. Every time those atrocious people uttered the deplorable word under their breath, she felt less human. She couldn't wait until she no longer had to deal with these types of people anymore. In her depression, she stayed home and slept and slept and slept. She missed David terribly. Michaela knew that part of her life was over, but it still hurt. One early evening, several days later, she heard a knock on her apartment door. She didn't want to get out of bed, but the knocking persisted as she pulled back her blankets and struggled her way to the door. She looked into the peephole and was surprised to find Azriel on the other side. She unlocked and opened the door.
2: Asriel! What are you doing here?
3: It's time. Do you trust me?
2: Trust you? You left me high and dry at the funeral with those racist assholes. They keyed my car before I left, and I am glad I just wasn't strung up and lynched. Where were you? I needed you!
3: Yes, and I am sorry. But it was for a reason. May I come in?
1: Kayla nodded as she let the strange man into the home. He sat down on her couch.
3: (laughs) How would you like to get back at David's family?
2: As I don't care anymore. David's gone, and no, I...
3: that's not true, and I can see it in your eyes.
1: Kayla turned away from Asriel and put her hands on her hips.
3: What do you say, Kayla? Do you want to get back
2: you at You know, that? I just wanted to get away from this. I just wanted to get David out of my mind and move forward in my life. But,
3: but... you don't feel right doing it. Just yet.
2: Yeah. I want those fuckers to pay.
1: Asriel smiled as he patted the seat across from him.
3: Okay. Then sit down. I have a plan.
1: Hours later, as the sun finally set, Kayla pulled her car up to David's family house. Asriel got out with her, but stayed a little behind Kayla as she walked from the driveway to the cobbled path to the front porch. She looked at the décor surrounding the house, and things began to make more sense to her. It was all about control. His mother made sure that the garden was absolutely immaculate. There were no blemishes or mixtures of plants. It was pretty in its own way, but it lacked an organic feel to it, and it was almost alien to Kayla. She took a deep breath and rang the doorbell. Asriel stood back and did not climb the stairs to the porch. Kayla could hear the footsteps of someone coming to the door. She could hear a breathing behind the door. Whoever came was looking at her through the peephole. The lock started unlocking and David's mother opened the door. She stared at Kayla with a look of disdain.
2: Uh, what the hell are you doing here? It's almost nine at night.
1: Caleb backed away slightly from her.
2: I am here for justice. Justice? What kind of bullshit is this? You
3: really don't know, do you? Now what? How your son died. You really don't know. Or if you do, you don't seem to care. Oh, now I get it. You're the police, aren't you? That's why you're
2: at the funeral. Because if you're not the police, I'm going to warn you. I'll be calling them shortly to get you two off my fucking property, right this very second.
1: Asriel's eyes went from crystal blue to jet black. A deep power came over his voice and the shadows elongated around them. Why don't we ask David? (gasps) Kayla's breath quickened as she watched the horror that was happening before her. She watched as a shambling vision came walking from behind the car. Her horror exacerbated as she realized who it was. Oh my god. The shambling figure was David himself. David pointed his dead finger at his mother.
0: Damn you, mama. You know full well it, it wasn't was a Spanish it fly. fly. It,
1: it wasn't was tail. His voice, while still his own, felt like it was coming in an echo. It wasn't like he wasn't really in his body, but communicating from another place.
2: Baby! What are you doing? What are you doing here? It wasn't the
1: Spanish Fly that killed me.
2: It was you.
1: David stood next to Azrael, not as if he was drawn to him, but as if Azrael was his tether to this world.
2: Uh, uh,
1: uh. Azrael stood still as David's mother collapsed to the porch floor. Her eyes seemed to convey absolute shock. Kayla knelt down and tried to attend to her. But even in her hatred, David's mother still wouldn't tolerate Kayla in her presence.
2: Get the hell away from me. Get the hell away from me. Oh my
0: childhood, you controlled me. Guided me into doing things you you wanted me to do. Not
1: what was best for me. I finally broke away from your clutches when
0: I met Kayla.
1: Kayla cried. She never knew how much she meant to him.
3: Baby, you were led astray had to convince you, but you would not listen. You
2: never listen. It's like you died right in front of me when you perfected love for that, that thing. Mrs. Payne, I am NOT a thing! I am a woman, just like you. You're nothing like me. Be glad that we never pressed charges on you because if we could, I'll
3: win. Who did you pay off to cover up the needle? Uh,
1: David's uh, mother began to clutch her heart. Azrael turned toward Kayla. Do you need to leave now. But... Her time has come. And if you're still She's around, down. you'll be you'll blamed for her death as well.
2: I cannot have that. Will I ever see you again?
1: David smiled as he touched her soft skin. If it wasn't David, it would have been unnerving being touched by a corpse. Oh. And I will always love you. Mrs. Payne fell off the brick porch and closed her eyes. After a few moments, she was motionless as well. Kayla ran back to her car, but saw as the spirit of Mrs. Payne screamed in horror as Asriel had taken Mrs. Payne where she was destined to go. Several years passed. Kayla found a new love, one whose family wasn't a bunch of racist pricks, and settled down to start a family of her own. It was the 80s, and there was a ton of changes coming to the world that showed great promise. Kayla had three beautiful children, and one day took them to the park to play with other kids. She noticed that the kids were not afraid of her children, nor did they hate them, because they were half black. Hate is taught, not ingrained, she thought to herself. Hi, is this seat taken? A familiar voice said to Kayla as she gazed upward. It was Asriel. He had not changed a bit since the day she met him. She was fearful for a moment, but didn't look like he was there for anyone in particular.
2: Uh, No, go go ahead.
1: I love what you've done with your hair.
2: (laughs) My husband likes curly hair. David liked it straight.
1: (laughs) Asriel sat down and looked to the children playing. Yes.
3: Life. Should be like that, all the time.
2: I know, right?
1: A pause came over both of them for a moment before Caleb broke it.
2: Are, are you here for anyone in particular?
1: No, no, no.
3: I just wanted to give you some news. And it's been
2: five years since David Asriel. I think any news you would give me would be out of date. Well,
3: on the contrary, they reopened the case on David's death you will receive a telephone call in the morning from the police. Basically exonerating you of his death. Even if it was accidental. All of the blame has been pinned on Elmira Payne. Though posthumously.
2: Where is she now?
3: You know, I can't answer that. Just know that it's not in heaven. Hate is greatly frowned upon in the great beyond.
2: <sighs> it's a shame. Hmm? What is that it? she couldn't see what was truly important. Color isn't. Content of character. That's what it's all about.
3: Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. She pointed to the kids playing.
2: Look at this. This is the start. Sometimes dreams... come true.
1: Kayla realized that she was talking to no one there. The next day, all transpired as Asriel said, and Kayla's life continued on as it did before. She wondered, however, if she would meet Azriel again, and would it be for her own death? Only time would tell.
0: You've been listening to Dark Charm Presents, episode 206, Prank, by Danny Atwell. In the cast, you heard, Gatekeeper Emeritus... Danny Mac McCloskey. Azrael, played by Miguel Pedroza. The funeral director, played by Robert Hunter. Robert Childress, played by Robert Hunter. The old crabby lady and Elmira Payne, played by Stacy Atwell. David Payne, played by Ferg Berthel. And introducing Max Hunter, who played Kayla Jones. All rights reserved, copyright 2021. And now, a word from our sponsor.
3: Coming soon, Noxo, Season 2, The Continuing Story of Joshua Chambers and the Havoc of Baltimore, Maryland and beyond. Tune in and find out what Havoc has came about now. Dark Charm Presents, Copyright 2021,
2: All Rights Reserved.